welcome to episode four of the Golden Collective podcast. I'm seriously so excited to introduce to you today's guest, which is Lauren Dusting. Lauren is an interior designer who lives in Perth with her husband, Grant, and she's honestly the kindest person you'll ever meet. Lauren always sends me the most thoughtful messages, and I think you'll totally fall in love with her after this interview. We're going to be discussing Lauren's health journey and how she leans on her faith in this fiery trial. And you'll notice I have a lot to say in this episode too, as Lauren and I have really bonded over the fact that we both have an autoimmune disease. So you'll hear a lot of back and forth in this one, which is great. Alrighty, let's jump into it. Hey, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Hey, Anne, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be interviewing you and hearing more about your story. So why don't you kick things off and just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you live, what you do, your family, you kick us off. Awesome. Thanks, Anne. Yeah, so I've recently joined the 30 Club, which is fun. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm from Perth and in WA, and I'm married to the man of my dreams. Um, I'm the youngest of three kids. I have two older brothers um, who I've always looked up to. Um, and they're both married and they have beautiful families um, and I absolutely love being an auntie. It's just the best you can have fun with them and then give them back. Um, <laughs> I, um, family's, you know, super, super important to me. Um, I'm also an interior stylist and I've run a business for the past 11 years doing that and have a little YouTube channel. It's a little amateur at the moment, but <laughs> I've planned to keep uh, building on it over the years. Um, and I think for me, I feel most alive when I'm sharing my faith with people or speaking to groups of people or leading women closer in their walk with God, they would be really sort of my heart passions. And then I suppose, um, as far as say some hobbies, um, I know it's a bit nerdy, but I love, love, love documentaries. <laughs> um, I just find that, uh, you know, particularly biographical documentaries, I just find people and their stories super fascinating. Um, I also love travelling, I love coffee, I love the rain, um, I love deep conversations about life and God with people and um, little fun fact, not a day goes by that I don't listen to a Joyce Meyer podcast. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> She's my favourite. <laughs> She's just awesome. So yeah, that's a bit about me. That's so cool. Oh, Lauren, I would watch any YouTube video that you post. I adore everything you do. Oh, oh that's so lovely. Thanks, Anne. Now, one of a few things that we have in common is that you grew up as a PK, right? What was that yes, like for it. you? Were you saved at two years old or was that a journey that you had to go on? Yeah, great question. Yeah, well, I'm super grateful to have yeah, really loving and godly parents. Um, and I honestly feel like I had the best experience you could have as a PK. I think you feel similarly um, from what mm. I know. Um, and, you know, I'm aware that's not everyone's story, but yeah, I do want to say that um, as far as that I loved it because I just want to honour my parents and give credit where credit's due because they just are such um, humble, godly people that are the real deal and they put God's kingdom first. And yeah, I remember my brother, my eldest brother, Dave, saying once that, you know, they're the same people behind closed doors as they are, you know, in church and on the platform. Yes. And, and I just think that 
totally sums up why our experience was so blessed because they are the real deal and um, and yeah, amazingly, all of us kids are following Jesus and involved in different forms of ministry. So I think they've did, done something right, which is good. Um, yes, definitely. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, you know, pa- you know, apparently I did ask Jesus into my heart when I was three, um, but I can't really remember that. So um, the the time I do remember though was was I was twelve years old, and and you know, can't necessarily remember the day or the time, but I just absolutely know that I had such a deep and radical encounter with God that I was just changed forever Um, and God just gave me this huge love um, for people and particularly um, the lost and just wanted to share my faith with everyone that I met so it was such a real experience for me. Oh that's beautiful. (laughs) And you are married to the lovely Grant so why don't you tell us that story when did you guys meet how did you know he was the one? <laughs> Love it. Great question. Any excuse to chat about my husband, I'm happy <laughs> to. So, um, yeah, so uh, we actually met through his sister, Rochelle. She's an amazing fine artist painter. And I guess being creatives, we, we got together and had coffee a couple of times. And on one of those times, we got chatting. And I just shared with her how I really was struggling to meet a really godly guy and so she naturally suggested her amazing older brother yes. um and I you know and I thought actually that's a really big deal because I certainly wouldn't have offered my brothers to anyone so <laughs> so I really took that as a compliment um but yeah I you know wasn't convinced at first and even when I first met him I thought he was too serious for me but um long story short obviously it all worked out and um but he's completely everything that I desired and more um and as far as you know knowing you know if when he was the one or knowing that he was the one um I suppose you give people a bit more context um at the age of 25 I I'd been dating, you know, a string of guys by that stage that I just weren't right for me in one way or the or the other and I just vividly remember going for a walk one evening and crying out to God and actually just sat down on the side of the road almost as a as an act of surrender and I just put up my heart to God and I finally let go of, you know, trying to make it happen, um, mm. meeting the right person and I just sort of really trusted God in that moment and gave him the reins and just said you know God I trust you even if I'm 30 or 40 I hope not but I trust you (laughs) that you'll bring the right one along and um, I really felt like something changed then and so sure enough only a few months later um, Grant sort of breezed into my life and and I think I was just so blown away by his character and um, I think actually the first night that we hung out I I had this I was driving to meet him and I just had this random thought out of you know nowhere that which I'm sure is God but it felt like nowhere at the time that you know this could be my guy and and I thought where did that come from and so I just sort of had this strong sense I think from the outset that that he was right so it's totally about timing I think and trusting God definitely (laughs) Mm. oh how special for you guys (laughs) thank you and what about your work tell us a little bit more you're an interior designer so what does your day-to-day job look like yeah yeah awesome so yeah my um 
my day-to-day probably vary so um, most days I'm either doing paperwork or sourcing products or materials or in client meetings um, and I'm mostly focused on residential interiors but I've done everything from display homes to churches to private homes and um, I think my passion is really just to take the stress out of the process for people and creating a beautiful home and um, yeah I actually really love being in the industry and um, actually love being in a secular industry as well as a Christian um, mm. I just feel like I meet some of the some of the best people and um, yeah I found that um, you know meeting all these different people from all walks of life actually really keeps me grounded and and makes me um, more excited about my faith because I know that Jesus is just the best thing that I can can offer them and um, but yeah as far as as far as how I got into design I like I knew from the age of 10 and um, that I wanted to be a decorator and I had it at the top of my sort of bucket list as a 10 year old and, um, <laughs> yeah and you know interiors are just so innate for me I I'd play at friends houses and would be more interested in their house than in playing with them I know that's so <laughs> weird but like I was just so drawn to surroundings and would take mental notes of you know what makes a space look beautiful and like a funny little story just to show you how mm. um, strong this this sort of passion was um, the neighbor across the road from us had this pretty like unmaintained garden and it used to drive me nuts like even as a kid how funny is that um and I like the designer in me just wanted to find a solution for it so I drew drew this little sketch of this low maintenance garden for my neighbor how funny is that so you know I just think it's just was so obviously so strong in me that yeah I just had to express it and um have been pretty tunnel visioned about pursuing this career so that is so cute. <laughs> Love it. And amongst all that you've been doing with your business, uh, you've also mm. had to face some pretty serious health battles along the way. So would you mind yeah. sharing how that began and sharing that part of your story? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, like you, I've had definitely had health struggles and um, when I was 22, mm. um, running my business, living out of home, and my parents were living in Tanzania at the time doing some mission work. Um, so I was basically sort of by myself. Um, I was referred by my GP to see a specialist, a rheumatologist, for some ongoing lower back pain. Um, but I had no idea that day that I went to see this specialist that I would come out of you know, his office with, um, you know, my life changed basically. So he, um, he diagnosed me with a disease called ankylosing spondylitis. It's a bit of a mouthful, I know. Um, mm. and it basically means spinal arthritis, but for women, it also affects your other joints as well. So knees and feet and hands, I say pretty much wherever there's a joint, it hurts <laughs> for me. Wow. Um, so yeah, so basically it's, they say, you know, it's this autoimmune disease, you know, which they say is incurable um and all the best you know the best thing they can do is to manage it um and you know it just felt like absolutely like my world came crashing down around me because as you can imagine when you're 22 you know life is just so exciting and you're on the cusp of you know discovering your future and everything that God has for you and I just felt um for the first time in my life I just knew what it was like to feel hopeless and mm. I think um yeah it was just such um a real experience I cried 
every day for the first year and a half and whenever I would tell someone about it I would just burst into tears and I did a little bit of preaching around that time and um, you know unfortunately you know every time I'd even speak about it in sermons and things I'd also cry it was just such mm-hmm. a real grief um, to me and I'm sure you can relate and yeah and it still is a grief for sure um, you know because it's not God's will ultimately but um, so mm-hmm. yeah for the practical of you know often people say you know what does it look like to have this disease or you know how does it affect you um yeah so basically um I'm in constant pain unfortunately um some days are worse than others um and although yeah although the disease in the spine it's sort of the other joints like I mentioned um so my knees and feet hurt a lot and hands um but also there's this entourage of other delightful symptoms like mm. um you know this general rundown feeling which I call like feeling immune and um <laughs> sort of gut you know gut issues and uh, brain fog and fatigue and you know just to name a few so um yeah so it's a, it's a lot to navigate and um, I take a monthly injection that basically is an immune immunosuppressant, so it helps to try and slow down the progression of the disease and keep the immune system from not working so hard. Um, but yeah, I've you know been in more doctors' <laughs> waiting rooms than you know than I can count, and more yeah. altar calls and more more prayer meetings. Um, and at times, it's felt healing has felt so distant and like a fantasy almost um Mm. but I totally believe that you know God can heal that he does heal and that he wants to heal me um and I absolutely believe that he uses the journey of suffering to help us lean more on him totally so Mm. wow that is that is so full-on and yeah uh, from the outside (laughs) people would have no clue that that is what you're (laughs) carrying And so I guess that leads into my next question, which I also Mm. wrestle with, which is how do you manage being open with people and asking for support, but also dealing with such a personal and vulnerable situation? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, And actually, um, before I share, I thought I'll quickly mention some good news is that a a family friend who also has the same disease recently called me and said she is basically um, medication free and almost pain free. Um, So that's super exciting. So I'm, long story short, embarking on the same process as her um, she went to see this um, functional doctor that specialises in gut health um, and he did a number of tests and then he puts her on this very strict autoimmune protocol diet, mm-hmm. um, which I'm five weeks into now, so watch this space yes. <laughs> and um, I'll, I'll keep you posted. But yeah, so that's, um, that's super encouraging to know that, you know, God uses all sorts of things to heal us, I believe, and yeah, Absolutely. he's hoping this might be be a breakthrough but yeah um in regards to your question about you know sharing amidst the vulnerability and Mm. knowing how to share um it's yeah it can be so hard to share and I'm not sure if you've experienced this too but um I've sometimes found that people show you more sympathy when you have the flu (laughs) let alone (laughs) um you know your chronic health struggle and I and I don't at all you know um resent that I think it's just that they don't understand that, you know, when people don't have a grid for chronic illness and chronic pain, you know, they're obviously going to feel empathetic towards what they understand or have experienced. So um, I found that 
sometimes sharing my pain um, with people that don't understand hurts more than not sharing it. So mm. sometimes I do sort of keep quiet about it and try to bear it um, quietly in certain situations. Um, you just sort of have to discern that, I think, as you go along. Um, but I think I've had to find my trusted few people that I feel really safe with um, to share that journey and um, people that understand how relentless it is. So for me, for example, it would be my husband and my parents and um, one of my closest friends, Amanda, who's also a nurse, which is super handy, and um, my sister-in-law, Sharon. They're just a few of my go-to people that have really journeyed you know, closely with me through the process and um, believing for my healing. And obviously I have a wider circle of precious family and friends that are standing in the gap praying for me too. But I think as far as the people that you unload with or vent to or um, share about the, the ongoing struggles with, I think just choosing a few trusted people is a really wise way to go. Yes, definitely. And how do you know when to fight something and when to surrender to it I know that for me I Mm. often face health issues at really important times of my life I'm about to preach or I'm about to do something that's Mm. really special or important at church and then boom that week I'm sick or something new comes up so for you how do you know when Mm. it's a spiritual battle that you need to fight or when do you just need to rest and surrender and hand it over to God and let him do all the work Wow, that's a great question, Em. I think I'm still working that one out, to be yes. honest. And uh, look, you could you could probably um, shed lots of light on that for me. It sounds like you've had great experience in it. But um, yeah, look, I, I mean, I just think um, that's why daily time with the Lord is probably so key to every Christian's life, but more so to someone or definitely to someone who's journeying through a chronic illness or suffering in some degree, because you know, you really need to be topped up in his presence and Mm. in his word. And um, I think you can then have that spiritual discernment to to discern, you know, is this an attack or is this just, you know, maybe God even telling me I need to slow down and I need to rest. And, um, you know, to be honest, it kind of makes me think of the fact that, you know, before I got unwell, I was running at 110% like all the time. And I think you're similar to me that we're high <laughs> achievers and, you know, we really want to live life to the full. And um, as frustrating as it's been at times, this illness, you know, not at all that I, I want to keep it, not at all. But um, I'm so grateful that while I've had it, it has helped me have a better pace of life and it's forced me to rest and to slow down. So in that way, it's, it's been helpful. Mm, definitely no that's good and how has your relationship and your faith been (laughs) through this trial what has your relationship with Jesus been like through all of this Mm. yeah well yeah great question um I remember not long after I was diagnosed that you know my feet and my knees started to hurt because originally it was just the back pain and then um, sort of moved to the other joints and I loved dancing and I was on the D floor at this party and um, <laughs> my knee, my knees and my feet started to really ache and um, so much so that I just had to stop dancing and I ended up leaving the party crying. Um, I don't know if anyone saw but I was just really heartbroken because it was just something that I loved to do and 
um, I remember crying to my mum and saying, you know, I don't feel like myself with this disease. And I just remember her saying that, you know, perhaps God was fashioning a new identity in me and he maybe he wanted to make me more like himself. And um, I came across a verse a few years later that I think really captures what the journeys looked like for me. And it's from um, Song of Song um, 8 verse 5. And it says, who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved and I just love that because I think um, the pain and the suffering of a chronic illness has totally made me rely on Jesus every single day in a way that I don't think I would have otherwise. And um, I'm just so grateful for what I've gone through because I really do feel spiritually richer for it um, and totally feel like I can relate to, to more people because of it as well. Um, and actually, you know, like you mentioned before, no, you know, perhaps people wouldn't realise that I'm in pain. I think, I think that it gives God glory that I can be joyful um, yeah. in him despite the suffering. And, you know, and that is, that is genuine, that it's a bizarre road to travel that, yes, the grief is totally real, but um, the joy is also so real too. And I think because the joy is not tethered to my circumstances, but to the person of Jesus. And, and I think that's totally, you know, where my hope is, is in him. Um, and I just keep my eyes on him and know that he's the ultimate source of healing. Um, and I'm super eager and more ready than ever to be healed. But in the waiting, I know that I can just rest in him and I know that he's in control and that just gives me yes. such peace. Mm. You touched on identity before just then and mm. I wanted to know how that process of understanding your identity and your identity in Christ has been and removing the label of a sick person and having an mm. illness has been because I know that it's quite hard to sometimes separate yourself from something so mm. significant in your life. So how has God spoken to you about your identity in him beyond this illness that you're facing? Mm, wow, great question. Um, yeah, again, I think it's something I'm still fleshing out, to be honest, and journeying through. I think, um, you know, whether it's right or not, I, I've, for years I kind of felt like God actually didn't want me to share too much about my illness, um, not, not because I don't think he wanted me to have, you know, empathy from people, but... I think actually because um, I haven't wanted to it to label me or define mm. me, and I think um, I think I absolutely feel that you know we are who we are in Christ, um, no matter what our circumstances look like, and I um, yeah I just haven't wanted it to be um, the banner over my life that, that that's what my life is labeled as. And, you know, I'm sure on a human level, part of that can be pride, which I have to watch of, you know, do I not want to be labeled this because I'm, you know, worried that I'll be, you know, labeled as that person with the disease or, or is it, is it a genuine, you know, thing of Lord, I, you know, don't want to, um, I don't want to sort of live in that space and not believe that you're going to heal me and not um, press through and and live life as if you are going to heal me. And I mm. think, you know, the cool thing about living in hope is that it brings so much joy to your life. And, you know, I think without my faith, you know, I'd be so easily feel depressed because you just haven't got that hope of a better day. And, and I think I've wanted to live in that identity of someone that, you know, might be struggling with this, but um, that 
it's not who I am and it's just something that I happen to be dealing with and my hope is in God and he's using it to fashion this new identity in me to make me hopefully more like him and closer to him and Mm. bring others to him along the way so yeah I love that that's awesome I'm sure there are plenty of other people listening that also are facing illnesses or in general just disappointment of not yet seeing healing in a certain area of their life so I'd love for you to share your advice any words of wisdom for people who are still waiting who like you have shown up to so many altar calls and they've not yet seen their healing how do you keep going how do you press into your faith in those moments Mm. yeah thanks Em wow it's such a privilege to to speak to these people because I'm totally one of them and Mm. you know I'd be you if I was listening to this so I'm so encouraged um, so privileged to encourage them so yeah I would just say that you're not alone that God sees you he knows your heart um, he hears your desperate prayers when no one else is around um, and I want to just affirm that he is a good good God even though it's hard to understand sometimes why he allows these things um, and just to keep fixing your eyes on Jesus um, that's just been the biggest key for me life just goes so well when I do and as soon as I take my eyes off him things just don't seem to work um, and I just encourage you to cling to his heart obey his voice Um, keep speaking his word over your life and I know that your walk with him will be so rich Um, and a verse that sort of I feel in my spirit for you too is find your delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart and from the Psalms and I know that everyone knows that and it can sound a bit cliche but honestly it's been the testimony of my life that every time in every season that I've found my delight in Jesus he's just blessed me so much and just brought about the reward of the desires of my heart and and I just believe that applies to healing as well that it is a desire of our heart right to be healed so um Mm. yeah I just think absolutely keep your eyes fixed on him and he's going to bring about the glory just you wait so um but yeah I I'd I'd just love to say to Em I would Mm. I'd be fascinated to know what your you know how you've grappled with the identity stuff around health too if you want to share I'd be really interested to hear yeah it's funny I I wanted to ask you about that because I realized for a few years my identity was the sick girl was the one that was always in hospital was the one with type 1 diabetes and I thought, Mm. wait, who would I be without those things? Like what would make me special Mm. if I didn't have an illness? And I actually really had to go through a process. It was actually the year I was at Bible college that God revealed that to me. And he said, you're holding on to the label because you think that's all you've got. You think that that's the only thing that makes you special and forms something significant in your identity. And I had to lay that down and it wasn't something I was conscious that I was holding on to and not something that deep down I wanted to hold on to. But I realized, mm. whoa, I'm holding on to this because I think it is my only significant label, but I had to see myself yeah. purely as a daughter of God and just that. Yeah. And I had to be comfortable with just that and to wow. not have this filter on me as being the sick girl and that was what was unique about me. So it is a mm. process and... Um, it definitely revealed something in me that I didn't realize I was holding on to. Um, but to just mm, have your identity yeah. purely in Christ and what he says you are, 
um, was actually something mm-hmm. that took me probably a year to figure wow. out and be the only thing that I held on to. Wow, that's oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. I'm going to yeah take that to heart. That's really encouraging me too. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> now, the heart of Golden Collective is to share how God has molded and purified you through the fiery trials of life like gold so I wanted to know what do you feel God has done through you how do you feel you have changed and developed through this trial of life Mm, yeah beautiful I think uh, I would say certainly it's made me closer to him as I've mentioned before which is I think the best thing that I could take out of this and something I'm super grateful for. Um, I think hopefully it's made me a little bit more like Jesus. I think it's definitely given me um, bucket loads of empathy and mm. understanding and I think mercy for people um, that are suffering. And, you know, I feel like suffering, 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 right? So whether it's health or something else, um, I just feel anyone that's suffering I can relate to now. And, um, yeah, and I think, um, I think it's helped give me a better pace of life and actually something really cool that I've I've learned probably in the last couple of years is that the process is definitely of the process of suffering and sort of the hiddenness that sometimes comes with suffering and not being able to live life to the full at times has definitely humbled me and mm. it has definitely um, made me redefine my idea of success and I think God's shown me that really true success in his kingdom is obedience to him and yeah I just I just feel so passionate about that now that you know really my dreams my goals my aspirations you know yes I believe God's put them in my heart but actually if God's not asking me to do it I don't want to do it like I actually think he gives us grace to do what he's called us to and asking us to and Mm. and so I think that lesson um, probably would be one of the greatest I've learned through this for sure yes beautiful and on a practical level do you have any resources or favorite songs or bible passages that have really helped you through the tough moments of disappointment or really needing to surrender to god yeah wow great question i would say that well as you know joyce meyer is a fave of mine and i listen to yes. her every day so <laughs> joyce fan club totally, hashtag mama joyce so she yeah she honestly i think i've just loved her resources and and you know, I know she's not for everyone perhaps, but I've just loved that she is so biblically based um, and her words are just so truth-filled mm. and life-filled because they're straight from the word. And um, I've just found her teaching super practical. Um, and I've also really loved another another podcaster, author, speaker called... Susie Larson and she's from America and she actually also suffers with a chronic illness she has Lyme's disease and um, she's Mm. sort of yeah had a few different health things I think and um, she just speaks about it so beautifully so if you just YouTube you know Susie Larson's um, messages some of her sermons come up but she also has this amazing podcast where she like you interviews incredible people that have you know um, amazing stories and 
she's just one of the most godly, wise, kind-hearted people I think I've ever heard and listened to. And she's also written a few books and one of them's Fully Alive, which is I haven't actually read yet. It's on my bed bedside table, but I'm really excited <laughs> to read that. And she does unpack a bit of the health journey and the sort of in combination with the spiritual walk. So um, yeah, they, they would be a couple of resources that have really helped me. Oh, great. I'll list them in the show notes as well so that people can have a look. And also, what about if people want to follow along a little bit more with your story or just see your fabulous interior designs? (laughs) Where can they find you? Love it. Thanks, Emma. I'd love to share that. So, yeah, my website is laureninteriors.co, just CEO. And my Instagram is lauren underscore interiors. So love you to follow along and check it out. Yes, everything is just perfectly aesthetic. It's <laughs> oh, <laughs> everything so you do, kind. it's just, wow. oh, it's beautiful. Wow. Oh, thanks, Em. I feel always a work in progress. There's always more I'm aspiring to, classic um, high achiever, right? But um, yes. <laughs> but I, yeah, I'm definitely enjoying the journey and so super blessed to get to do what I love. So it's great. Mm. Well, thank you so much for being on the Golden Collective podcast and thank you for being willing to share your story and share all of your wisdom. I'm sure that it's going to be impacting a lot of listeners. So thank you so much for being willing to be interviewed with us today and for all that you have shared. Thanks, Anne. It's a real privilege. Wow, that was such a great conversation. And again, I want to thank Lauren for coming on and sharing her story and also being such an encourager in my life. I've listed Lauren's Instagram and those resources she mentioned in the show notes. And make sure you send her a message on Instagram if this episode really spoke to you. I know that she would love that. I also thought I would mention Ephesians 6.12, which says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And the reason I wanted to mention that is, as I mentioned in the interview, I find my health is targeted at really important times in my faith and when I'm stepping into my purpose and my calling. And actually, the day after I launched this podcast, which was also the day after I recorded this episode with Lauren, I was in hospital with a health issue and sometimes I feel like Job where I'm just being hit with one thing after another and maybe you felt that way too. But I'm constantly reminding myself that my fight is not against flesh. I am in a spiritual battle and I will not back down because I know I'm on the side of victory and I know that every time I feel like I'm under attack, It's more of a reflection that I'm stepping into God's purpose for my life and that the devil has something to be intimidated about. So let me pray for you as we wrap up. God, I thank you that you love each and every one of us. I thank you that you created us beautifully in your image. And right now I pray for anyone facing any illness in their body, Lord, and I declare your healing to be upon them, that by your stripes and by the power of the cross, they are healed in Jesus' name. I thank you that we are on the side of victory and that you are strengthening our faith through these trials. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. Feel free to send us a message on Instagram at Golden Collective. We'd love to hear from you and pray for you and help you in your faith. So I'm looking forward to our next episode. And until then, stay golden.